0: Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that
1: are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today.
0: We have had uh, Pastor Scott and Lydia Ingenieri here for the weekend. Some of you got a chance to experience them last night at our encounter service. What a joy it was to be here for that and to have you guys here. Uh, What a joy to have you sharing um, your gifts with us and to share the word and just looking forward to you closing out this series. So if you would welcome uh, Pastor Scott.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ben. It is so good to be here with you guys. We've had a fun weekend with you. Um, Just expecting for all God's doing in this place. I mean, you realize that God's moving here in Sterling, right? You know, that's the cool thing about God is he um, he's not just moving in the big cities. He's not just moving in in, you know, certain places. He's moving where people ask and where people come before him and are hungry. And so God is moving in this place. And it's exciting to be a part of this and to be a part of what God is doing. Um, So this was my wife, Lydia, who led us in worship today. We have four amazing children who are not with us, um, but we have a 15-year-old son named Dominic who looks like he's like 18 or 19. Um, He's an amazing kid, does lighting and drums and lots of video production and such. Uh, We also have a 13-year-old son named James who's just charming and full of love. Um, Stupid fast. It's just insane. He's probably in about an hour about to kick somebody's butt on the football field. Um, He's a football player, and he's also just now he played for the first time he played guitar with us at um, an event not too long ago and so it's fun to see your kids develop then we have twin daughters yes we do who are 10 years old and they are full of life and they have their daddy's heart and they know it Um, and so that's Kelly Joy and Mia and they sing like their mom and they're creative and they they harmonize together now and to see 10 year olds who have like Lydia's voice just picture that right now it's crazy Um, And they're just they're absolutely stunning. And I'm looking into gun collections and everything right now. Um, And I'm grateful to have big brothers, too, because big brothers are aware. They're like, so we have a beautiful family. We have a ministry called Awaken Ministries International. Um, Years ago, we were pastoring a church in Phoenix, Arizona. Four years ago, the Lord told us to launch a ministry to the globe to just pour into churches and to pour into leaders. And we do worship and healing ministries and just help people awaken to the things of the spirit. And we've seen thousands of people healed and delivered and set free. And it's been a wild ride. But how many know that sometimes when you have to step out, you have to leave some of the things that you love to walk into some of the things that God has for you? We pastored a church that we absolutely adored. And God called us to step out and travel with no security. I mean, we didn't have, like, it was like, all right, we're going to lay down our secure income. We're going to lay down a place that I lived my entire life. Um, we're going to leave our family, our friends, and everything. And we're going to go and just trust that God's going to provide along the way. And He has. And it's been amazing. And so today, we're going to talk more about my best friend, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when you talk about the Holy Spirit and we talk about who he is and what he brings to our life, I'm just going to tell you this right now. He's good. Like, listen to me. He is good everything about god is good and we get tainted and confused sometimes because we see things around the world that that don't match up and even in the church sometimes we see things and we see things in other christians that don't match up with the goodness of god and so we don't know what to do with that we don't know how what to how to formulate that in our mind and so we just put that well god has issues no we have issues god's good okay (laughs) i just want to get that clear that we're the ones with the issues. God is good, God is faithful, and anything he does is for our benefit. Can I get an amen? Now, it doesn't mean that everything he does is fun for our benefit, but everything he does is for our benefit. Just as a good parent... Uh, For my kids, not everything I do for them they enjoy, but anything that I do for them, I'm trying with my best ability as a father to do for their benefit. And when we come into salvation, we come into confession of Jesus Christ and receive God. But Jesus said that it is better that I leave so that you can have my spirit. I want you to picture that. Jesus This is Jesus Christ, the living God who is here on earth. And you can imagine what it was like for the disciples to hear this conversation from Jesus saying, hey guys, it's better that I leave you and that I leave you with my spirit. We understand a few thousand years later the significance of the Holy Spirit, but oftentimes we treat him as if he's like this weird, like part of the Godhead. You know, there's father... You know, this Godhead, and then there's Jesus, benevolent, loving God, and then who's Holy Spirit? I want to get this straight right now. Holy Spirit is God. Everyone say that. Holy Spirit is God. This is important that we understand this. He's not just a spiritual being that's out there. He is God. He is God. And Jesus said that it's better that he leave that we have him. And in John 7. As you've been meditating on this passage over the weeks, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and we have to understand this, is that the Holy Spirit is metaphorically like, like water. And you know that if water remains still, what happens to it? It gets stinky, it gets stagnant. So let me just put this, and I'll let you define this for yourself. If you're a little stinky or stagnant, maybe the Holy Spirit waters are remaining still instead of flowing in your life. Because the Holy Spirit was never intended to come and just just sit inside of us as a pond. It was never supposed to get all that mucky stuff that gets on top of waters because God said, I want my Holy Spirit is not just so that you can have it and enjoy it. It is so that it can flow through you and that you can be my vessel. You're my temple. You are you are the ones that are flowing and the Holy Spirit moves inside of you and through you. And so, if the waters of the living God are inside of you, are within you, and they are remaining stagnant, then sometimes we have spirit filled Christians who are a little stinky and stagnant. And that can be a little confusing to the world at times. This is why you can have Christians who come into church, and I've had this before, I've been this guy. I've been the guy who I came to church and I worship Jesus. And then as soon as I left church, somebody cut me off and I'm like, and I sit here and say, how could I just sit there and sing, Lord, you're so worthy and wonderful and beautiful. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm not even going to say what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, how could that be? Because just because we have the act of worshiping God does not mean that we've opened ourselves up to the overflowing of his spirit. And a good way to test if you are full of the Holy Spirit is to get squeezed. Isn't that right? Haven't we seen that over this last year and a half? Haven't you seen people that you thought were pretty solid go berserk? (laughs) I mean, I've seen it as a pastor. I've seen people that I'm like, oh man, they're the solid anchor in the church. And here they are fighting over masks and vaccines and all these things. And I'm like, we're the body of Jesus Christ. We should be able to have hard conversations with each other without conflict and hating one another. Don't you agree? Galatians 5 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So our our soul, our bodies want to do things. Last night, I laid in my bed at the hotel, and I wanted an Oreo shake. (laughs) I mean, I was craving. I was like, I want an Oreo shake. And so Lydia had gotten me a little ice cream cone. I'm like, that'll do. But I was craving an Oreo shake. I was just like, and I was was at the point where I was ready to go get it. But what is it? Did you know that when you start to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, if you get stagnant, then you don't crave more. But when the Holy Spirit is flowing through your life, you crave more of his spirit. And so if you don't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all the fruits of the spirit flowing from your life when you get squeezed or just in everyday life, then you have to question, are you overflowing? When you get cut off on the freeway, what comes out of you? I mean, what happens? This is, this is true reality. My wife, don't look at me. That's not fair. Yeah, she's judging me, though. I feel it. Because she has seen. She has seen what it's like to have this man who's like, you know, loving Jesus. And the next thing I know, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. You want some of this? Because the, the, the scriptures say, In Ephesians, he commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the way the language there, it's saying, don't go for the counterfeit stuff of this world. Don't go for all the fake stuff. Why would you go for drugs and alcohol or sex or money or fame? Why would you go for these things when you can have the real deal? He says, so do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, which means it's just going to fade away. Isn't that true? He says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the way the language states there is it is a command to continually be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, that can be confusing because if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, isn't that a one-time act? Yes, it does not mean that daily you lose the Holy Spirit. But it does mean that sometimes you're not overflowing with the Holy Spirit. It's just like a cup. If you have a cup, don't you have to do, go if once you drink some of it? Don't you have to go and get some refills? It doesn't mean that you lost the ability that you lost it, but you got to continually get under the fountain of God to get overflowing. When we come into salvation, how do we come into salvation? We come in by surrender. Isn't that right? Is there anybody in this room that you came into salvation because you checked off all the boxes of how perfect you were? No. None of you. None of you measured up to salvation. What got you into the loving arms of God is complete surrender. You fell. You completely fell into God. And along the way, we mature a little bit and we start to lean on the everlasting arms of our Father. If you're leaning, you've missed something because we're never intended to lean. You're intended to constantly be in a state of fallenness before God because there's only one way to surrender. You can't partially surrender. You're either in or you're out. How many have played the trust game? Isn't that right? Years ago, Lydia and I, when we were young marrieds, we were in a bank, and a bank guy came in behind us. This was before you actually wore masks in banks, which is weird to me now. And so he came in behind us, and he had a mask on, and put a gun up to my head about two feet behind us and told everyone to get down. And I remember in that moment, processing this, I had watched enough Jackie Chan that I remembered thinking, "All right, Jackie, his leg could do this, this this i 'm literally picturing this. I had this moment this is real i 'm telling you, and I had this moment of thinking like all right we 're young married, I could show off to my wife, like like this will get me years and years of benefits. This is going to be great like i 'm just thinking through this, and, and i 'm processing all my Jackie Chan moves, and then I realized the bank has insurance money. this is stupid, get on the ground. <laughs> And so, but this whole thing processed through my mind of am I going to surrender or am I going to try to do something in my own strength? And I realized in that moment if I did something in my own strength, it actually might harm us. Now, when we come into Christ, surrender, we're not surrendering to a God who has a gun up against our head. We're surrendering to a God who has his heart beating for us with love and compassion and grace and mercy. And when we come into surrender, we say, God, I want all of you. And he says, good, then you want my spirit. You want the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God. In Psalm 34, eight, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Blessed is the man who trusts in God. Blessed is the man who comes under the shadow of his wings. And to taste literally is to perceive by experience. It's literally to perceive by experience. It's the child who will not try mint ice cream because it's green. And they correlate green to broccoli. And this is what we do with the things of God. We're like, I'm not going to try that because it... I'm not sure what it looks like. And he says, You got to try this. And many people are more willing to give their opinion about God without knowing Him first. I remember telling my son, Try the green ice cream. No, Daddy, it's green, it's green, it's green. And I'm like, Just try it, dang it. (laughs) Try the things of God, just give it a shot. Live dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is not the weird relative that we have. He is God, and He loves us, and He wants to be with us, and He wants to be there to help you in your business decisions and to help you. I, I remember talking to a businessman years ago, and he came in and he was just struggling with some stuff. And I said, Hey, man, why don't we just seek God's heart for your business? And he's like, well, What do you mean? I said, let's, let's see what God has to say. I said, let's just, I'll just come and let's just pray together and see what God says. And he's like, you mean God will give me wisdom for my business? I said, yeah. And we sat and we prayed and we said, God, give him wisdom. And he had this mindset in, in his idea that God would speak to the pastors and to people about church things but he, he had a hard time understanding that God wanted to be there for his everyday decisions. God wanted to help him manage his business and his employees. When I was in second grade, I met Eddie Mazzella. Every one of you have an Eddie Mazella in your life. Something that comes against you. And so Eddie Mazzella was the kid on the soccer field who wasn't just going for the ball, he was punching me underneath and You know what that's like? That's like life, but some of you might have the actual people who do that to you. And so everything looks nice around the outside, but Eddie was like punching me, and I was like getting so ticked off at Eddie... And so I, my entire life, I've, I've served Jesus. Ever since I was a kid, I've just loved Jesus. First grade, I wrote that I want to be a pastor, and I want to go to Life Bible College, and I want to preach. And in, like, fifth and sixth grade, I was reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer and C.S. Lewis. And, like, I've always served the Lord. But my family says that in, in second grade, I had, like, a two-month period of rebellion. And so, so my sister calls me the golden child. And, um, and it just, I just have loved Jesus. That's my testimony is I've loved Jesus my entire life. And I think that's an okay testimony to have, don't you? And so this was during my two months of rebellion, and I had done some other stupid things at that time. But Eddie had done this, and so I was just done. I was fed up with Eddie, and so I grabbed one of my bigger friends, and we held him, and I just punched Eddie. Just punched him. I shared this at a youth camp that I was speaking at this summer, and all the kids are like, yeah! You know, actually, every single one of them said, shee! and I'm like no I'm like you completely missed the context of this the point is is that was bad that was the wrong decision and I said that again and all of them were like yeah I'm like no 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 you, you don't understand bad bad decision bad pastor you're like I'm like trying to make it clear me bad that bad and they're like yeah I'm like no, no no you don't understand so just to be clear me bad bad And so I hit Eddie Mazella, and that night, I'm sitting at the table with my family. The phone rings. My mom answers the phone, and it's Eddie's mom. And I know I'm caught. I'm in trouble. And so my parents take me first with some pain. Y'all could imagine that. (laughs) And then they talked to me and said, Scott, why didn't you listen to the Holy Spirit? And I said, what do you mean? I said, I think the Holy Spirit probably wanted to hit Eddie Mozella. <laughs> they said, Scott, why didn't you stop and listen? And I'm like, I'm still just like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think this is what God wanted. You know, I'm like, they said, why didn't you stop and listen? And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. My parents said, Scott, do you understand that the Holy Spirit is always with you? And that All you have to do is ask him, and he'll empower you for every decision that you have. And I'm like, hmm, all right, sounds cool. Next morning, I'm on the soccer field, and I made a decision. My parents had me pray, and they had me seek the face of God that night, and I had made a decision that night. I'd already been filled with the Holy Spirit as a kid, but I had not understood the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life, and so it was... So, so my parents said, you need to activate the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your daily living. And so it was that day that the Holy Spirit became my best friend. It was not, not too long after that, I was given a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And I just, to this day, my kids will tell you, we st- we still on our way to school. or Right now, they're homeschooled. So, um, but we'll say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take control. And the Holy Spirit became my best friend. That next morning, I was on the soccer field. Eddie punched me again, kind of, you know, getting under my skin. And I stopped right in the middle of the field. And I stopped. And you know how in the movies when everything around you goes into slow motion, you know, stuff like that? It was that moment. I could take you to the spot on that field today. I've taken my kids by there. I could take you right to the spot because this forever changed my life. I've never been the same. And I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, if this is true, I need you right now because I want to punch him. And I said, if that's not your will, then I need you to show me. And I just sat there. And I literally, I, I, I literally was on the middle of the field going, Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me, help me. Because everything within me wanted to hit this kid again. And I remember the feeling of peace come upon my life. I remember something shifting inside of me. And now all of a sudden I had love and compassion for Eddie who I didn't understand at that time but later understood Eddie was going through some things and he needed compassion and care. And so now, all of a sudden, I had this weird sensation as a second grader. Instead of wanting to punch the kid that just annoyed me, I wanted to just tell him, I'm sorry, man. Like, can we be friends? So I went to him and I apologized. And we ended up being best friends that year, by the way. I am telling you, you can stop and say, God, speak to me. And maybe not every moment is that dramatic. That was a life-shaping moment. Now it's sometimes I'm just going here and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do right now? Lord, help me. Help me. And I, I have found this. The more I fall in love with him, the less I fall in love with the world. The less I care about the things of this world. The less I care about what people think about me. When I step into that place of trust, when I step into that place of refuge, because I've learned that God wants to reveal himself to me. He does not want to remain mysterious and unapproachable. God says, I want to know you and I want you to know me. And I want my rivers of living water, my Holy Spirit to flow through you, which means that I want to be there for you as a father. I am telling you right now, I need God as a dad. I needed God when I was pastoring a church. I need God as I travel and I go to places and seek the heart of God for these churches. I need God I need God as a husband. I need the Holy Spirit to help me so that I can love her and wash her with the water of the word so that she can become her best. I need the Holy Spirit to help me because the Holy Spirit was never intended to just come and just hang out inside of me. God says, I want to flow through you for your living, for, for your life and for the for waters to flow through you, but also for the benefit of others. When one of my sons was young, he used to sing all the time and he quit singing. And I'm like, why did he quit singing? And so I went and listened to me. I asked God. And God just gave me this picture in my mind. I actually thought it was just a weird picture. I was like, okay, maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong. And I saw a picture of my son at the park and kid's just making fun of him. And so I went to my son because I had asked my son for a while, like, why did you quit singing? What's going on? I knew something was off. I went to him and I said, hey, what's going on? And he just said, nothing, nothing. I just don't want to sing anymore. And I said, what happened at the park? And he began to cry and told me the kids were making fun of him and such. Guys, how do we do it without Holy Spirit? We need him. Young people, you need Holy Spirit in your life. The things that you guys are going through right now, the things where, where right now we've, we've faced, where the enemy's trying to get us to think that isolation is okay. It's not. It's not. And you need the Holy Spirit inside of you to say, I need God and I need each other and I need people who are going to help me remain in the things of the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit for everyday living. Amen? David said, I have set the Lord always before me. In Romania in the early 1990s, when communism fell, they had had Orphanages that that had been full and such for years and years and years, but because of communism, they didn't have the help that they needed. And so missionaries were now allowed to come in and help these orphanages, and, and a missionary came into this orphanage and walked in, and there were rows and rows and rows of cribs and beds and bunk beds and such, and he walked in and he looked at the ladies who had been serving this place, and I believe there were two ladies. I don't know the exact details of the story. And... And he walked in, and there's cribs and cribs, and there's babies and stuff. And he says, I don't understand. How come it's silent in this place with this many kids and babies? And the ladies looked at the missionary and said, Many years ago, these babies and these kids learned because there's, there was only so much room that we had to get to them. They learned that if they cried, nobody was going to ever come to them. And so they quit crying. I want you to hear me, loved ones. As children of God, if you have quit crying out to God, then you are functioning in an orphan spirit. And you're not functioning in the fullness of God. As children of God, we cry out to God. We do that moment where on your soccer field, or maybe you, it's in the middle of Walmart, and you're stressed out because you have kids waiting for you at home, and your kids are hungry, and you know, you're getting texts and calls. Maybe it's that moment where you're just saying, God, I'm really overwhelmed right now, and I need you. Maybe it's at work when you have pressures coming against you and you're saying, God, I need you. But maybe it goes to the next step where, where now it's not just about us and our daily needs, but now it's about, God, how can I be a blessing to the people around me? Now maybe it's at Walmart. And see, we've, we've super spiritualized walking with Christ. We have left the healing ministry to the the guys who come up here and have the microphone and the oil as opposed to us being at Walmart and we see somebody who's sick and we say, hey, can I pray for you? Come on, if rivers of living water are supposed to be inside of us and supposed to flow out of us, don't you think if the same power that conquered the grave is in you, then you can have a healing service at Walmart? Do you agree? I'm not saying that every moment you're at Walmart, you're like, all right, here we go. But I have... (laughs) But I'm just saying that we open up our eyes and that we don't sit here and wait for this super mystical, spiritual, like, you know, that we're sitting here waiting for the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Sometimes all we need to do is open our eyes and realize that the living God is inside of us. And there's somebody who has a need and I have the one who takes care of needs inside of me. And it's that simple. Well, I, what if I don't have a prophetic word for them? I think God's enough what well what if what if I don't feel anything I think his word is enough it's not about feeling to me I have I have seen thousands of people healed and I will tell you the majority of the time I'm not feeling some big emotional rush I do it because I trust his word blessed is the man who takes refuge in God let me rephrase that blessed is the man who trusts God And now I'll say Scott chapter three, verse nine says this, blessed is a man who trusts God and lets the rivers of living water burst forth out of him for everyday living and for the benefit of others. Meaning your employee comes in and they're down instead of being like, what's your problem? You're late. You all right? What if we opened up our eyes a little bit? Now, if you just opened up your natural eyes, God can take his super and put it upon his natural. And now we have supernatural ministry happening in our everyday lives. Let's not live by the theory of the presence of God. Let's not make assumptions and presumptions about Christianity and God without tasting and seeing of the goodness of God ourselves. You guys, come on up. scriptures say in psalm that he inhabits the praises of his people if you're not even sure where to start you're like man that all sounds good i'm going to give you two areas to start start with this start just praising god what if i don't feel anything praise him anyway how many would agree with me that whether you feel like worshiping or not that god is still worthy of worship isn't that true and so whether we feel like it or not we can still worship him because he's worthy. And if he inhabits the praises of his people, that means he's showing up. And when I was in Tokyo, they told me they, they, they translated that passage that he sits his big chair down in the middle of people who worship him. So let me rephrase it. God's gonna put his lazy boy in the middle of your living room when you start to praise him as a family. And how many know that where God is present, miracles happen, wisdom happens. He gives you everyday understanding. Some of you are desperate and saying, I don't even know what to do with my children. Just start praising Jesus. So if you're like, my house is so chaotic, I don't even know what to do. Start praising Jesus and guess what shows up? Peace. Another thing you can do, foolproof. Works every time. The Bible says that it is the will of God that we are a thankful people. So how many would say, I want to walk in the will of God? Yeah, I do too. Be a thankful person. Just begin to thank the Lord. Maybe you're short. I've had people say, well, what if I'm lacking things? Man, if you're missing one arm, thank him for the other arm. What if I'm missing both arms? Thank him for your feet. What if I'm missing both my feet? Thank him for your knees. What if I'm missing my legs? Man, thank him you got a belly button. Like, come on. Just be a thankful person. And you will find that the Holy Spirit will flow in ways that you could have never imagined. Can we just stand for a moment? Now, oftentimes we'll extend our hands as a sign of surrender. There's multiple reasons why we extend our hands. First of all, when we come to worship, we're actually... God intended for us to not just come and receive, but actually to give. But oftentimes we'll extend our hands and it's really an extension of our heart of saying, I surrender to you, God. And so right now, if you're at a place where you say, I want rivers of living water, I want the Holy Spirit to flow through my life for everyday living. Maybe you've said this prayer every, every Sunday for the, during this series, but you're like, man, I just want that overflow. And just extend your hands up to him and I'm going to pray over you. Holy Spirit, you see these loved ones. Lord, we need you. We need you. And Lord, your word says ask and we're asking. Your word says seek and we're seeking. And your word promises that we will find you and that you will respond. And I thank you that you're a good father. You're not going to give us bad gifts. You're loving, you're benevolent. You care about us. You care about our very needs. And Lord, I thank you that not only will we receive peace and the things that we need for our daily living, the things that we need, Lord, just as children of God, Lord, but you will also empower us to be life to others. Lord, that we are open vessels that you can use who will care and love. Lord, that if you have somebody over there who needs a word of encouragement, Lord, here we are saying, use us. You have somebody over there who needs healing, Lord, here we are. We'll extend your hands. So Lord, we love you and we thank you for your benevolent grace who said, it is better that I go and you left us with the greatest gift we could have your Holy Spirit, my best friend. And so, Lord, may each and every one of us leave today with my best friend as part of their everyday life. We love you and adore you. Holy Spirit, do
0: it. Amen. We're going to close in just a moment, but can we um, just show our appreciation for Scott and Lydia? Just Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us one of the verses that he touched on says, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And There's two parts to that, you know, that there's the tasting and the seeing. And that taste has, uh, has to do with experience. Uh, a lot of times when scripture talks about knowing God, it leads into knowing him through experiencing him in our heart, our desire for you as we would be closing this series, Deep Waters, that there would be a desire in you to experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in every everyday life. Um, And oftentimes that comes, that experience comes at acknowledging the invitation that the Lord has given and extending one to him. I would remind you that Jesus said that how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, to those who ask. So there's two action steps I want to give you as we close. Uh, One, going to the experience or taste, and the other to the see, recognize or be aware. And when I was growing up uh, in, in, uh, in high school, if somebody had gum, if somebody had candy, if somebody was sneaking some food in class the rest of us wanted some of that this is what we would say we'd say hey give me a give me a snap of that and your action step this week is to ask the lord to give you a snap of that give you a little snap of the holy spirit especially when you're in a place where you're getting agitated when you've got your uh you know you've got those uh pressures of the world you've got the real needs or you're becoming aware of hurts within lord god give me a snap of that a little snap of that holy spirit dad says yes every time my friends didn't often they said no get your own but god says yes the other part of that verse so there's the taste experience god give me a snap of that One, a little taste the other is see recognize be aware and you become aware of the presence of god in your life you become aware of the spirit of god when you begin to praise So this week, God, give me a snap of that Holy Spirit and begin to sing out in praise. And you're like, Pastor, hold on. Not all of of us can sing out in praise. Like, we're the ones where to make a joyful noise, that verse was written about us. Then speak out praise. It doesn't matter. Speak it out. You can speak out praise of God and it is just as true as if you sang it out in a melody. So speak it out. Sing it out. And ask God, give me a little snap of that this week. And let's live in step with the Spirit.